This episode, the name has changed from Kicking It With Mr. Q to Kicking It With The Y. And that's just to put the Racine family Y out there. Nothing more, nothing less. And I have new music. Again, thank you to my man, Archie Morgan, for putting my intro, outro music together. But this episode, I have Dr. Teresa S. Johnson. She completed her doctorate, PhD, at the University of Illinois at Chicago where she began a research program focused on maternal and infant screening to anticipate problems with infants' transition to extrauterine life. Concurrently, she partnered with healthcare providers and wrote a grant to provide in-home breastfeeding support for newly delivered breastfeeding mother-infant dyad. Her research program, she studied racial and ethnic variations in both biologic and cultural differences that influence families' care, birth outcomes, and feeding choices in diverse communities throughout Southeast Wisconsin. She was the principal investigator for a fetal and infant mortality review conducted in a small urban community with a very high African-American infant mortality rate. And so I met her as a member of the Healthy Birth Outcomes Coalition some years ago. Really wanted her to come talk about the social determinants of health. Let's sit back and hey, let's kick it with the why. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to, man, episode five. Now, this podcast has been named Kicking It With Mr. Q. However, it has changed. And as you noticed, the intro music has changed. Again, to my man, Archie Morgan, for hooking that up. But really want to put the Racine Family YMCA in the forefront of the podcast. It's not about me. It's about the organization. And so made the change. So it's now Kicking It With The Y. The fifth episode, I really wanted to talk about what I talked about in the first episode, which was the social determinants of health. And for me, I learned about the determinants of health years ago when I was asked to be on the Healthy Birth Outcomes Coalition under the Community Action Agency. Didn't really know why and how the why would fit, but the issue was that Racine had one of the highest infant mortality rates in the black community. Nationwide, I definitely know, but I think even worldwide, I think at least at that time, and again, I could be somewhat off. We were like for every 22, for every thousand black babies that were born in Racine, there was a high number. And I believe it was as high as 22, 23, but not make it to their first birthday. And that stat was higher than some third world countries. I did not know how the YMCA fit into combating that. But come to find out that the mothers, the black women that were having these babies deal with a lot of stress in their lives. And it had nothing to do with income. It was really based on the level of stress black women deal with. One of the stressors were, guess what? The men that they were dealing with. I was there representing the Y and our Focus on Fathers initiative. It dawned on me, the allostatic load stress. We as the YMCA have been working with fathers on how to be better men, how to be better partners, of course, and how to be better fathers. And so that was our end. I've known her before, but on this coalition, I got to know her more 
and really was able to observe her is my guest for this podcast, Dr. Teresa S. Johnson. Dr. Johnson, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we got this crazy pandemic. I know you're being safe and I'm doing my best to remain safe. One of the things as I took over as the CEO of the Racine Family YMCA, the one thing I never lost from the Healthy Birth Outcomes Coalition was those social determinants of health. What are those social determinants of health? And let's educate our listeners. There are five to six of those social determinants of health. To put that in perspective, those are the kinds of things that surround us where we're born, where we live, where we work, where we play, and where we worship. So how are the neighborhoods, how are the people impacting our lives? There's economic stability. Does the family and do the individuals in the neighborhood have economic stability? There's the neighborhood and physical environment. So what kind of housing is around? Also the education. Another big one is the food. One more is the community and social context. Lastly, but definitely not least, is the healthcare system and the availability of care. No, I think education is kind of out there, right? When it comes down to all people, but really the communities of color. But man, infant mortality, right? For every thousand babies that were being born in Racine. And I can't remember, uh, doctor, if it was Racine County or was it the city or kind of the metro Racine? But that's a high number. It was really the metro Racine, if you think about it. The high numbers were part of it. At one time, it was the infant death rate for African-American infants was up to 26 or 27 per thousand, which is absolutely horrible, horrible, horrible. And as a result... African-American babies had two to three times the risk of dying before their first birthday than a white baby. Not because anything was done wrong, but a lot of it has to do with these social determinants of health. Nothing was done wrong, but as we talk about systemic racism, when it comes to the social determinants of health, wouldn't racism be an umbrella over these same things? Let me just give you an example. In some of the studies they've done, African-American women can have the same income, same education, same position in the workforce, and still have worse birth outcomes. And a lot of it has to do because of that historic and systemic racism. Let me give you an example. There was a friend of mine who's African-American who called for her first appointment when she was pregnant. The person answering the phone first said to her, well, what kind of Medicaid are you on? She made the assumption that because she was black, she didn't have regular public or private health insurance. That perception of racism in that situation adds stress to what that mother's experiencing. So if she thinks somebody in the healthcare system is going to address her like that and not with the respect that any human being deserves, a lot of times women and men as well will put off or delay health care because of that kind of racism. That's for real. My wife... We had that very conversation when she was pregnant. That was discussions that we talked about. And it's interesting, you know, she took advantage of the centering program 
she really enjoyed the conversations and it was a support for her being married. And I was connected also to it. She had support not only there at the program, but at home. And I understood stress. Now, I'm not saying I didn't stress her, but at least it was cognizant in my mind to not stress her. From that one standpoint, healthcare, people having access to healthcare is one thing. But if there are beliefs about the healthcare system because of the history of healthcare towards any one group of people, we talk about the vaccination for COVID 19. Half the people are saying they're not going to take it. And then within the black community, I think it's like only 40% said they would even take it. And when you ask them, it's like, well, that's because of the Tuskegee experiment. So there's all this history, right? So when it comes to healthcare, and then you have education, but then how does food really affect a community or lack of food? It's access to healthy and affordable options of food that people have access to. It's really, really important. If I have to take buses or take all my kids on the bus to get my food for the week, it makes it much more difficult to be able to access healthy food. And a lot of times people will go to the places that are close to them. Closer places may include fast food restaurants, may include Quick Trip, or may include gas stations where they have some food, but not always choices and affordable choices and healthy choices that others may have access to. Your body is already somewhat compromised, if you will, because it has not had the optimal level of nutrients that it could. That right there puts your health at risk for exposure to disease, as well as your ability to deal with and fight off stress. Food nutrition, lack of having access to affordable, healthy options in certain communities. Correct. How does that negatively affect children when it comes down to them learning in the education system? We don't want children to just survive. We want children to thrive, to have optimal growth and development. It begins in utero, when they're inside the uterus, when they're being fed, after they're born having access to healthy and nutritious food and having enough food. If you think about children and learning, can you imagine how hard it must be to learn if you're hungry all the time or thirsty or not well nourished or don't have enough sleep? Those kinds of things are really important for the child to be able to optimize their growth and development and thrive. That makes sense. So it really does impact their education. My, right. my oldest daughter's taught special ed, and she would, every year, she'd buy tons of food to take to her classroom to have for her kids because you can't learn when you're hungry. We talked about health care. We talked about food. We talked about even how food negatively affects thriving educationally. Neighborhood and physical environment, what is that? When we talk about a person being healthy, the exercise and their ability to move around is really, really important. So one of the social determinants of health is the neighborhood and the physical environment. 
That includes housing, transportation, safety, zip code, geography, parks, playgrounds, and walkability. So when we're talking about an individual maintaining a healthy weight with a healthy diet, how often have you heard healthcare providers say, yes, you need to exercise at least 30 minutes a day? But often the healthcare providers don't ask, where is your home? Do you have safe walking paths? Do you have bike paths? Do you have parks where you can take your kids that you feel comfortable? So how walkable is it? And how safe do you feel to be outside and enjoy the environment? What kind of parks do you have? So all of those components of the neighborhood and physical environment are so very important as a social determinant of health for that part of your health. And especially with the COVID right now and we're staying inside a lot more, think how important parks and paths available where you can get out and clear your head, especially for, well, people who are working at home or for people who are parenting at home with the kids all day long. So those are very important for physical health and mental health. People think of mental health to an extreme, right? They think about the person they may see on the street that definitely looks as if he or she is having uh, some mental health issues. But mental health is is literally just your everyday. Again, you're dealing with a lot of stress. Take that single mother that has kids and is working, but now the schools are closed and now that she has to find child care, which then puts the, possibly puts the family at risk for catching COVID. Correct. That's all just so much stress that are, that is put on just overall people in itself. And then we have community social context. What is that? Community social context is a stress, the social integration, support systems, and community engagement. You talked about the stress earlier that people may experience because of racism or issues of social integration. If we think about going into environments where we don't know people or where we're not welcomed, how that can add to the stress, and think about who your support systems are. And one of the things that's really important for the support system now is the fact that there is so much isolation. Unless you are living in a multi-generational home where you're all there together, it's very likely that you're cut off from some of the family and friends who've been a major part of your support system, which can definitely add to the the stress, the sense of isolation, and negatively impact mental health. In 2000, uh, late 2000, going into 2001, I took a adult, African-centered adult rites of passage. It put the determinants of health from a West African perspective. There's a scripture that says paradise lies at the foot of the mother. This really, I mean, because everything we're talking about, right, we started off talking about the mother. Right. And the mother holds the child. If the mother is healthy, spirit, mind, and body, the child has a better chance of being born and living a, you know, that first year, hopefully healthy. If that environment, community, social context, 
is not there. And that stress, it then passes on through, passes on through. And then you talk about healthcare first, then you talk about food, then you talk about education, neighborhood and physical environments. And all, and, and that's what this rites of passage also talked about, was really saying in the utopian society, this is how. Let's make sure we take care of mom first because mom is going to you know, bear the future. Okay, and so we have to make sure that she has a healthy environment. Child is born, then there has to be support me- mechanism, not only for mom, whether mom is married or not, or in a relationship or not, but there has to be support there for the mom. And there needs to be helpers, and there needs to be, again, a, a larger support network. And that's where it's, it's hard to understand. You know, I think some, some people just don't understand this, right? Some people don't get the importance of when they say it takes a village, that's serious. It does take a, no, no one can raise their child by themselves. No. And that, those were the exact words I was thinking as you were talking about that. It takes a village, whether it's that informal support or whether it's that friend or that family member that calls and checks in on you to see how you're doing or to see if you need a break. That's right. So Some, that something that simple, is right? So very important. Yeah, so, something yes. that that yeah we take for granted. And then economic stability. We have various programs here that kind of tackle each one of these items. Healthcare is probably outside of our realm, but everything else falls under many of the programs that we do. But focus on fathers initiative. Right. When we first started out, we were trying to teach men, and we were we were teaching men how to be more nurturing, right? In terms of Correct. Rearing their children. But I'm going to tell you, men, the men that we dealt with, their issue also was I want to be able to financially take care of my children who I may not be in the house with, the children that I, and, and, and I may be in a current relationship with children. But they, they, these guys, they want to take care of their children, at least financially. And so how have you seen that negatively impact communities? The, the employment is, has been a big part of that. And especially since it's gotten worse with COVID and so many people have been laid off or furloughed from their positions, it's even worse. Um, and, and I remember participating in a few of those sessions with you. And it really was neat to hear dad's because they did want to take responsibility and they did want to be able to provide for their children. And one of the things that was most neat for me to see as a result of those programs, and I don't think I ever told you this, but after Focus on Fathers was well integrated into the community, I saw so many more dads with their kids in so many different places. And you can tell the positive impact that has on children, their development, and that family unit. So having the income, having a job where they feel useful and needed and being able to provide for their family is so very important for that child's growth and development. To be able to be able to purchase the, your necessities, right? Correct. 
being able yeah. to have yeah. reliable transportation. I mean, I had a, a call today with a representative from Foxconn, you know, and, 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 and I don't get into what the media says they are, they, what they're doing, not doing. That's not that's not my issue. But if they're saying, right. hey, we right. want to hire people. I've already talked to my focus on father's coordinator like, hey, give me 10 names because the only way I can test to see if this is real is if I actually give them people. You yeah. Know, and we're going to and, and, and these folks have been prepped. Right. They have been prepped. You know, and so that's one thing. We have our first choice pre-apprenticeship program with Ola Bayou and, and he gets them prepared. And so now we're working with the county on how can we get these graduates uh, employed? You know, there are some companies that that do hire a handful, but we have more graduates that we still need to get employed. There are folks in communities that are work ready. Sometimes there's just some barriers to that. Right. Teaching people about economic stability. And the first one is going to be through home ownership. And how to care for that home. It's yes. nothing like, you know, it's not, nothing like owning Correct. a home. You know, the social determinants of health. If you have to give a message to our listeners about how how do we make racing even better? What does the community, whether it's businesses, the healthcare system, what do you think needs to happen? Actually, to care for each person as we would care for a member of our family with that same level of respect, that same level of trust, and that same level of care. We all have the same kinds of needs. And however we can reach out to help another person makes all the difference in the world. You know, it's such a, it's such a simple message that people say all the time, but for some reason it just doesn't resonate throughout humanity. Right. Right. Treat people as if you want, as if they are part of your family. You know, uh, when I work with kids, I have five sons and my attitude towards every kid I work with is I want the, I want to provide those kids the same resources that I'm able to provide my sons. As long as I keep that in the forefront, that's my motivation. Everybody needs to yeah. eat. Everybody, you know, if I'm eating, I want everybody that's a part of my family, that's a part of the Racine Family YMCA, everybody should be eating, eating healthy, eating well, and and providing and we need to provide the resources to that. So what are you involved in now? I haven't talked to you in a while. So no, what are you up to? Still some of the same work, but it's going a little different now. One of the things that I use as part of the evaluation of like the Centering Pregnancy Program and the Birthing Project was a database. It's called Data around the information about pregnancy, birth, and infant outcomes. Obviously, no names, no identifying information, but starting to use that data to look at how risk factors can predict poor outcomes and to work with other scientists to think about are there ways that we can develop algorithms to predict risk in a way that we can intervene at specific times during potential pregnancy or birth or infancy to turn those outcomes around so that every family can have that healthy baby that survives and thrives. Paradise lies at the foot of the mother. End of the day, we have to provide our mothers, the women out here that want to have or they're adopting or they're, you know, they're, they're taking care of. We have to provide the necessary 
support, the necessary services across the board. Black, white, Hispanic, rich, poor, right? Social determinants of health does not discriminate. (laughs) It doesn't. No, it's just there for everybody. It's just there and to make sure that we don't allow for our own implicit biases because we all have that. No one is immune. Exactly. No one's immune. We all have implicit biases towards one another for whatever reason. And we need to take our own journeys to identify our own implicit biases and then start to address how do we turn that around? We know that parts of the city of Racine is a food desert. What can the community do to change it? We can have food banks and kitchens, which we have as a why, and there's others out there too. But how do we change the environment, right? That's when we really need to work with government, work with our legislators, and provide the kinds of financial support communities need to attract grocery stores and keep them there. I can think of a couple in the last 10 years that they closed up. And all I could think of was, oh my gosh, how is that going to impact the community around where those grocery stores were for good, affordable food? Mm-hmm. We're not dogging out the little mom and pop corner stores. We're not, we're not doing that. Uh, but we know that if you want good produce and you want those healthier options, you have to go to, because the little mom and pops, they have to pay a lot of money to get what they get. Right, right. So you have to go to the larger, the pick and saves and the piglet weeklies and the save a lots to get the festivals to get better pricing. Right. The food is cheaper there. But for some communities, that's even high. When you look at community gardens, I I have a board member who said, you know, a community garden is nice, but it'd be nice if, if it was open, meaning that people just came and planted. People off the street can come and just pick what they need. He was like, to him, that's a community garden where the community have actually have access versus just the people who are actually doing the planting and the work and the harvesting. I was like, I never thought about that. So honestly, that would be a wonderful way to provide food to have someone leading and developing a garden and opening it up to the community like that. And another piece that needs to go with that are how to use the food that you grow in the garden. And I can't tell you how many times it's like, okay, what's that vegetable? And that's just me. And I've had garden ever since I was little. My wife and I had a garden some years ago and there was a lady out there okay. and she, she was, you know, harvesting these green things. I never saw them. I said, what is that? She said, Swiss chard. And I said, uh-huh. I never heard yep. of Swiss chard. And come to find out that she said she was homeless. And she said, so she got this garden. She said, this is what she eats. She's able to cook the Swiss chard. And I was like, wow, homeless. But she has in her mind that, hey, I'm going to get me a plot. It's free. Make me a garden. And I'm going to do the work. And I'm so do I the have work. something to harvest so and she, eat. Yep. And that was that was eye opening. And then I got to taste Swiss chard because she gave me some. So, the you know, the social determinants of health are, I mean, we could talk about each one on an episode in itself. But I think it's extremely right. important, right, that this community and we're going to educate the community more on the social determinants of health. As we, as the why is going through our strategic plan, these, the determinants of health is our foundation. And we want to make sure that if we're not doing something directly, that we are partnering with other organizations and entities to not only educate, but to improve in all these areas. 
because it's necessary. It's no, it's, it's no way that all lives matter. There's no way that all racing Metro racing matters. If the word all isn't accomplished. Correct. 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 And to reach out to that person that needs that hand at different times. We cannot, we cannot say we're seen strong when we leave people out. Correct. Dr. Teresa Johnson, I appreciate you coming and sitting with me and, and chopping it up about the social determinants of health. I'm going to have to call you another time and we're going to continue the conversation, probably talk more about you know, what you do from a career standpoint, because you sent me your bio and everything. It was like 20 pages. And I say, it's no way. Oh. <laughs> it's no way I can cover this in a podcast. So we're going to, have to do something special for you. Uh, Cause I you know, you know, and let me, let me say this. And people, there are people that know you. And there are probably more people that don't know you and the work that you're doing through you at UW Milwaukee. Correct. You know, Correct. And and they don't know what you're doing for this community, and especially from an evaluation piece. You know, you're looking at the data and evaluating the data, and I think that's extremely important. And, and people don't know, you know. Some people don't know who you are. And so, the next episode, we're going to focus more on that. Give you the opportunity to really talk about the work that you've been doing, and that you're doing. Get more people involved. And that would be wonderful. Well, Dr. Teresa Johnson, thank you again for kicking in with the why. And I hope that you have a blessed and Merry Christmas. And hopefully you get some time off. You get to relax. I doubt it, but you know, hopefully, hopefully you get some time yeah, you, to just be with family. You've known right? me too long. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. But, Good old grandkids. They can help with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you very much. And to our listeners, Again, thank you, and I hope that you have a, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever the holiday you celebrate is. Take care of yourselves, folks. Be careful. This COVID is out here, and it's real. And I know there's different schools of thought, okay? That's not my issue. I just know people that have caught it, and I know people that have died from it, and I've known people that have been asymptomatic. And so I know the spectrum myself. And so uh, please protect yourselves to protect your family and also to protect the communities that we, we roam around and we, we habitate in. So, all right, take care and thank you for kicking in with the why.